0: Hi, and welcome to the Making Our Way podcast. This week, it's a just us episode as we have a few topics we'd like to talk about with you. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, good to see you this week. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm glad to see you survived uh, the hurricane. I'm uh, above water. Above water. <laughs> I told Kristen, I was like, I'm so scared Austin's shop's going to get flooded, or, you know, I don't care about anybody else in the state, but I was just worried about your shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, appreciate it me too me too i was like sweating anytime the storm swing land side of us that is the biggest danger because we're on the intercoastal waterway so that w- the way the wind pushes it just pushes all the excess water from the sound back into all the waterways which basically just floods you know since i'm the low point on the road
0: <laughs> i thought maybe pawpaw ridge was outside doing rain dances trying to get storm damage so he'd have more content in his reclamation projects, that's what I thought oh, might be happening. I tell you, he's 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 become a content master now. Yeah, he had one this weekend. It's like bright sunny's He's like, "Hey, it's Paw Paw Ridge. I'm in a tropical storm." And I'm like, "Bro, you need to get a fan out there or something." You know, <laughs> <laughs> the special effects are not getting your point across.
1: Yeah, that's what I told him. Get one, you know, one a big sheet of metal. <laughs> yeah, make there some, you make, go. Make some serious noise, you know. Yeah, he uh, he was out there catching varmints and all kinds of shit, you know, getting ready. There's snakes and, you know, everything was moving because there's so much water. water, Yeah. Yeah. So he was out there wrangling.
0: Well, what about, um, what did you do preparation wise in the shop? I mean, you have so many heavy tools. Is there really anything you can do?
1: So years ago, because I flooded twice and two and like within two weeks of each other. Um, and it came in and it was almost 30 inches deep in the shop. In the shop, 30, it was just below the door handle in the front of the shop. That's how oh deep my it was. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, man, it was awful. And then I was like, and yeah. then the neighbor down the street, he's like, I've lived here for 65 years. I've never seen the water like that. And I was like, oh, thank God. That's never going to happen again. Two weeks later, same thing. Actually, the second time it was deeper. The first time, I think it was like 20, second time it was like 30 inches deep. And uh, so since that happened, Ever, ever since then, I, the bottom like three or four drawers of every single toolbox I have is nothing important. It's nothing that can, can't uh, be replaced easily. Good. So, okay. And I don't know if you've noticed, over the years, a lot of my tools have migrated up onto the walls. That's the reason they're on sense. the walls. Not not just because I think it looks cool, but it keeps them out of the water, you know, unless it's unbelievably bad.
0: It would be Did almost it- impossible to like waterproof the shop or you know make it where water can't get
1: in. There's no, there's no way. I mean, I would have to like, I thought about it, like to get it to, to raise it, but I'd have to come up like four feet you right. know, and four feet up in the air. Plus really heavy machines does not work out.
2: Did you have any problems at, in your house? Those previous
0: times,
1: it just barely missed coming in the house. Like we were, oh, okay. it was so close, but it wiped yeah, out I mean, all the of our insulation. four
0: feet higher than the.
1: Yeah. Shop, yeah
2: right yeah i just didn't know where that line exactly was
1: huh. Yeah. It, it wiped out all the insulation took out all of our ductwork for for ac systems and oh, it took the out. house yeah and yeah. it took out all the ac systems too so it could, the one for the shop and then i had um two different ones for the house you know for the rear part and then the front part of the house so and it wiped them all out that was brutal Yeah. uh, Luckily that was like my biggest business year that I ever had. And I was Mm. able to cash roll damage, but it ended up being $47,000 that year. Oh wow. Yeah. That sucked. Not counting all the tools I lost. Like that's, I didn't even add those up. I just cried about it.
0: (laughs) I remember when Harvey came through, I I read all the forums. I I like that kind of stuff. And I mean, I don't like when it happens, but I like reading all the science behind it and, uh, A day before, I was like, man, this is going to be bad. So the storm started on Friday night. On Thursday, I left work at lunch and went home or went to Lowe's and bought sandbags and tarps. And I came home and dug trenches. And I think we've talked about this on past episodes. But uh, after that, the next prime day, I bought these aqua dam things. So you fill them up with water and it makes like a little berm just to put in front of the garage and on the back door. So it won't save me. From flooding, but it'll save that nuisance three or four inches that just comes in the door because uh, those are the two low points. And uh, I've never had to use them. <laughs> I've had them for five years, six years.
2: Now you said those are, you You put water in them. So yeah. it's like you a put balloon. Water in them.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. It's a, huh. I mean, it's not a balloon. It's like, um, I
2: mean, like, yeah, yeah but like a water balloon. That, it's yeah, inflated think, yeah.
0: with water because you need water. If you use air, it'll right. float. So right. you use water and sand would be ridiculous to try to fill up. Because um, right. even sandbags, like when I sandbag, I wrap a tarp. I put a tarp down, sandbag, and then wrap it, the, pull the tarp back over because water will find ways through if you don't pack it down really well. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I mean, we've been really lucky with storm stuff over the years.
1: So you yeah. guys didn't have, Harvey didn't flood, you guys? No. no well, wow. we
0: did a lot of preparation. So where a lot of people messed up was e- either they had dirt like just 20 years of dirt up against their fence so it wasn't water coming up it was water had nowhere to go and so it was backing up onto their back porch or you do live close to a bayou that flooded and we're kind of in the middle of the neighborhood between some bayous and we're kind of like on a ridge so the ends of the street flooded other parts of the neighborhood definitely flooded that one house i really liked up on del norte that was kind of Kristen's line in the sand was it flooded during Harvey and and she wouldn't. Oh. I'm like, I don't care. I've lived here 65 <laughs> years. It's never happened like that before. Let's do it. So anyway, it's probably for the best because uh, we went to the museum on Friday and if I was in that house up there or any house with a sizable living room, I would have a full-size dinosaur replica in my house right now. <laughs> <laughs> the paleontologists at the museum told me they weren't that expensive and by that she meant like the price of a camry but i mean compared to what a real one costs i guess it isn't that expensive and she was going through she's like you know check your door size you may have to go with the different subspecies you know you not might not be able to get the <laughs> triceratops because you can't get it through the door but there are other ceratops that you can get that maybe have a more narrow horn structure or maybe you go with one of the raptors or something a little smaller uh to get it in the house and i was taking notes because You know, as soon as I have any, any space that needs to be filled dinosaur, it's happening. Mm. Not bear. Well, I want a bear too, but I also don't have space for that. You know, what's funny about the bear thing. Like I would never kill that. And it's, and it's not like, I'm not a bleeding heart or anything. I just, I have no business doing anything with that. I don't need it for a code. I don't, it's not threatening me in any, if I lived out in the mountains or something, I was worried about my dogs or livestock or in the city of Houston, bears are no threat to me. And so I just can't conceive of a scenario where I would travel out of my way to hunt a bear for that name for that reason. Um, I'm just not that kind of hunter. I'm I'm actually all fine with trophy hunting and stuff like that, fine with uh, you know, nuisance animals, or even when they go and they um you know harvest animals that are past their prime or aggressive, you know, for conservation fundraising. I think those are good programs, but I just can't figure out a scenario where I harvest a bear like that, but a dinosaur—it's <laughs> just cast. It's not a real animal, so they've been dead a little long. Yeah,
1: I'd shoot the fuck out of a bear. I don't care. Well,
0: if it was actually your, in your yard, yeah,
2: yeah. You, but you guys have them there, don't you? Austin? Yeah,
0: you have bears yeah. in your yard. Yeah, yeah. That's different.
2: Oh, yeah. If I yeah. lived at
0: your house, uh, that yeah. would be a different story.
1: You got there's a there's black bears in Louisiana, right?
0: I'm in Houston though.
1: I know you are, but I was just curious if yeah, you yeah. Up we up, had yeah. black
0: bear crossing signs on the highway. Yeah yeah like caution black bear crossing on the highway Dude, i saw
1: the craziest when i was coming back from surfing in the outer banks i saw a jeep um cherokee hit two black bears at the same time
0: and it just ripped
1: the front tires off of the truck (gasps) it was crazy it was the craziest accident i've ever seen because they were going like 65 70. And it just folded all of the running gear of the truck. Uh, the wheels shot out the back. And when you looked, it looked like there was wheels, but it was two black bears underneath rolling. I've seen so many videos lately of
0: human encounters with bears, too. I don't know. Me too. I po- okay, so I didn't know if it was because I posted that video on Friday or if there's just more human encounters with bears recently. I
1: think it's just more human encounters with bears with My cell phones.
0: F- favorite one is there's definitely these like city folk at a cabin or something. And they're like, oh, hey, cutie, hey. And this bear is like, no. they're on a patio. And this bear's uh, down at the bottom. And he sees him and he just starts walking around. They're like, oh, my God, look how cute he is. Oh, my God, get a picture. And he's coming up the stairs. And there's like a, a waist high gate. And this guy in the back goes, I don't think that gate's locked. And it doesn't matter. The bear like stands up on it and just <laughs> rolls over the gate. And then everyone takes off running. It was like, <laughs> What did y'all think was going to happen?
1: Dude, people are so disney-fied oh uh, yes i'm sure you saw
0: the one where the guy's like opening the gate and he's like
1: telling the bear to leave
0: oh yeah the bear takes a swipe out i think you sent that one to me yeah
1: dude that guy was so lucky i showed it to my kids and they're like that is the bravest guy i've ever seen i'm like that is the drunkest guy yeah (laughs)
2: yeah he was just trying for attention more than anything just plain old ignorant
0: yeah we went to the museum friday and i saw the um i saw the bear i posted it and uh the dinosaurs i posted some of them and we Did were just kind of watch on that
1: thing or was that watch on
0: there? No. So that's what I was going to say. Oh, they okay. have like a little space wing. It's so pathetic. I guess NASA keeps all the good stuff. It's kind of like a little side annex hallway. And at first Kristen was so excited. Cause she's like, Oh my God, that's moon dirt that they're growing. There's like a big thing where they're growing plants. And I'm like, no, Kristen, it says it's simulated. So they've mixed this dirt based off of what chemical composition is from the samples. It's not actual moon dirt. And, right. um, And then there's just like one cabinet with two spacesuits, a cabinet with a mercury capsule, and then uh, some photo op things. And then like maybe some meteorite slices. And I was looking at the spacesuit and it had that Omega Speedmaster, which is the moon watch on on its wrist. I thought that was really, really neat, like just attention to detail. And they had a lot of like the toolkits and stuff and they're all aluminum and they were wild looking because they're purpose made for harvesting rocks or doing whatever up there. And had to work with these big, massive gloves and dexterity. So that was neat. And uh, they had a rover. I don't remember if it was a full rover or just like a picture. But they had the tires. And they were actually wire mesh. I'd never seen them before. They weren't rubber or anything. It was like a wired mesh, expanded metal, uh, to make mm-hmm. the tires on the rover. I didn't know <laughs> that. I thought they were rubber. No, I mean, yeah. well, that's what it was at the museum. I don't know. They'd lie about all kinds of stuff. Like going?
2: <laughs> I was waiting for that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I told Chris and I was like this is a bunch of bullshit. But um cuz I'm like look at all the effort it takes to launch from earth how are they re simulating that from the moon, you know? Right. It takes all this shit to get off of earth, but you could just two dudes in a in a fucking tin can can shoot on and that thing looks like a tin can. And they yeah. just and I know a mercury capsule didn't leave uh the moon that that was just to orbit the earth, but um it's fun messing about that stuff.
1: Yeah, and so what's crazy is I watched the movie. Was it Apollo thirteen? Yeah, mm-hmm. and they're like using slide rules, and I was like, "Mom, what is that?" And she's like, "That's a slide rule. That's what we used before calculators." I'm like, "You went to the moon before we used calculators. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is crazy." So
0: yeah, that's a funny thing too. Like it was so long ago. And I tell her all the time, like, there's an F-35 crash in Austin's backyard, and they can't find it. But you're telling me they (laughs) shot a rocket up and landed on the moon. Come on now. Come on now. But this was funny. She didn't appreciate the joke. Uh, There was a thing where it went through all the missions and who was on them. And so it's like Apollo 9, Apollo 10, Apollo 11, 12, Apollo 14, 15. And I said, what happened to Apollo 13? And she's like, real funny. Ha, ha, ha. Had to get the dad joke in. But um, my work gives everybody free passes to the museum. So uh, you can go whenever. And um, there are exhibits you have to pay for, but it's still like five or six stories tall of stuff. um, Wow. The Natural History Museum. So we were like, let's just do two floors today and then we'll come back in a month and do two other floors. And and so we did dinosaurs and we did um, like all the seashells. They had like conch shells. And so that was something I remember when I was a kid, like my grandma had conch shells. Like, I remember going and like shells were a much bigger thing. And now, I mean, maybe little bullshit shells from a gift shop. But I don't know anybody with a legit conch shell at their house. Me. You got some on right mm-hmm. when you well, walk in the door on you lived
1: uh, Yeah, you lived on the water. Were. Yeah. We, we, you just got to wait till a storm, a big storm, all of them will come in. So you'll see. And there's hundred, after a storm, there's hundreds of people on the beach. And they're all mm-hmm. looking for big shells that washed in. I'm looking for Blackbeard's treasure. Yeah. Because, like, uh, the, uh, the, the the blooms? What are they called?
0: Bouillon on the blooms. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They'll, they'll wash up. So a guy found one, like, 50 miles from me. Uh, after the last storm, he found one or two of them washed up on the beach. You can get hmm. uh,
0: shark teeth around your house, too, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Like, crazy. So my brother-in-law, he just bought a sand pit um, where they dig for construction purposes. Yeah. And I asked him, like, how far down is your sand pit? He's like, right now we're at 80 feet.
2: Oh, and my uh, gosh. I, I was like,
1: all right, so what's the deal? Like, when are we going Meg Tooth hunting? And he's like, yeah. "He's like, I got to go 40 more feet, and then we'll be in the right layer. And I was like, dude, as soon as you get to 40 more feet, let me know, because wow. I'm coming, and we're going to do this. So
0: Yeah. So that's the big exhibit at the museum
1: right now is the Mechadon or whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Giant shark. They're cool, man. I wanted to buy one for my kids, like the the Meg tooth. Yeah, but they are super pricey. <laughs> like if you get well, an intact one, that's big. The smaller ones are cheap, but well, that's, if you if get you like could a six inch one. one.
2: Yeah, if you could find one, that's that's
1: a better story. Oh anyway. yeah, and I was going to take the kids with me. Like, let's go right. find yeah. these things. You know,
0: you know, it's mind blowing when you go to the museum and kind of just take your time. You get away from the marquee exhibits, and you get into kind of the stuff that you don't think about. Like right. the giant sloth. So there was right. a skeleton of it. And I'm like, can you imagine that? Fuck-? You want to talk about take out a Jeep Cherokee. Right. You know, <laughs> that thing would be a problem, you know? Right. Yeah. And even, you know, mammoths or whatever and, and saber toothed cats, but they're all kind of cats. Oh, what about, you know, that bird from up, the movie Up with the animated with the balloons? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that bird is like a real bird, but it was, Definitely. but it's extinct because they had one of these giant, I'm like, no, that is some Jurassic Park shit. And you read the thing, it's like it was a herbivore. You know, didn't I'm like, no, that's a giant. It's an eight foot tall bird.
1: Yeah, I like that- how they're like herbivore bullshit.
0: Every bird yeah. I know. How is do it- you know? Again, science. Will- science. Trust the science. Yeah, you mean your best fucking guess. When I was a kid, dinosaurs were naked. Now they got feathers.
1: <laughs> well, all these all these people that get chickens and they're like, "Oh, I I feed my chickens a vegetarian diet." My vegetarian bullshit. You should see them motherfuckers swallowing a mouse. Or around here, they just yeah they devour lizards and frogs. lizards
2: and snakes. Yeah.
1: yeah, yep. Oh, a snake comes in, they yep. buck that snake up. There's like ten of them mm-hmm. balancing on that snake.
0: Well, let me tell you a story, and then I'm sorry we. We'll get to Christia. We've been kind of dominating, but uh, okay. Ben Butler asked me to make him some uh, brass plaques for a project he's working on. Right. And I was like, yeah, man, we'll try. And so everyone I'd done before, like I'd done some for Keith and, and a few other people, it was just a rectangle. Like I have a bar, I'm cutting a straight line, laser engraving, telling you to square it up. I ain't fucking with all that. I'm. You're getting the laser out of me. The rest is on you, bro. Well, Ben says, hey, I'm going to send you the file. And the file is like this crazy oval. And he says... Uh,
1: it looks like a NASA logo. Yeah,
0: like, kind like of. A, like, a, like, like a squashed lander. egg or something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, uh, can you cut it out? And I, the only thing I've ever cut out on the laser was the leaves for the palm tree. And that was like on the craft brass you get from Home Depot that's thin, 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 like a 64. And the stuff I'm making these out of are um, a, a 32nd, I guess. Um, and I was like... Fuck, I don't know, man. I've, I've never done anything that, that thick. I think it was a 0.064. That's a 30-second Austin, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I read the laser guidance. It says it can do to 0.05 thickness. Oh six four or 16th. 16th. Okay, so it was a 16th. And um, it said it can do to 0.05. And I was like, well, I mean, you can always just do more, right? And so I spent Friday figuring it out to get it to cut these plates. And it did. It did awesome. But to get there, I was doing test cuts on squares, just one-inch squares trying to get the settings right. And because sometimes what you'll do is you don't do the same thing over and over. You'll do different frequencies and speeds so that you kind of attack. Like if there's something that's being resistant, you hit it with a different frequency and then you go back to the original until so you run cycles. Because if you just keep running the same thing, it, it could build up a, a resistance or, or EU heat treatment, basically. Right. And so I had read that the problem with brass is it melt it has such a low melting point that the laser is heating it up so much and the kerf is so thin that it's actually just re-welding itself that you stop oh. cutting eventually and it's just welding itself back together and what you have to do is do this thing called a wobble and what a, the wobble is is it instead of a straight line the laser beam goes in loops so like you were welding or something you know it's like little circles oh, okay that's enough to break up that straight line weld it it kind of gives it a chance to cool before the beam passes again. And so I'm like, okay, well, I click on the wobble. I'm guessing at settings because I don't know. And I'm going over there and the laser's just like really walking over. Man, I didn't think the wobble would be a quarter of an inch on each side. I'm losing a half an inch width. And why is it only walking side to side and not up and down? Like the tops are still pretty straight. There's just a sides have this giant. And that's when I realized that the fan was oscillating. And every time the wind would blow in the fan, it was hitting the piece of foam that I used to, you know, my home <laughs> PPE. And that foam was slightly tapping the brass just enough that it was slowly moving over. And over a hundred passes, it was oh moving over a quarter of an inch over twenty minutes in a hundred passes. Oh, just man. that little, just tap, 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 <laughs> tap. And so I had to uh, move the foam out the way, and then after that, it cut perfect. And so um, you would think that was the biggest face palm of the whole thing. Uh, I did all that. I got them done. And I'm one of these, like when a project's done, I'm ready. Let's get it boxed up, get it in the mail, get it out of here. Box it up. I go to text him. What's your address? And go, oh, I've got his address. It's in his email. Grab his address out the email, print out the shipping label, run to the post office, drop it off, text them. Hey man, they're done. They're in the mail. Uh, here's the 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 number or whatever. And he writes back, great. Here's the shipping address. I'm working in Atlanta. So here's the address send him to in an Atlanta. And okay. I mailed him to his house in Idaho.
2: And so I turn around, I go
0: right back to the post office. That dude had no interest in helping me whatsoever. uh, Pull this package out to put the right shipping address. Um, But Ben was cool about it. He said uh, that his wife would just forward it over because I paid for express shipping. He needed them this week. So they were delivered uh, today or yesterday, one of the days. And uh, I'm hoping he gets them in time. I texted him today. We'll see what he says. Yeah, he'll get them. That'll be good. But uh, yeah, I did a lot of stuff this weekend. But let's uh, hear what you've been up to, Kristen.
2: Yeah, we've been doing just a lot of stuff around the house. I wish I could say my maker camp bag is finished. Uh, it's ninety five percent, which I realize is not finished. But uh, I did get a little more of just conditioning the leather and um, getting the inside smoothed out using that slicker. You or, know, getting that all lined using out a glass and stuff. Slicker. Yeah. Yeah. So that worked really nice. Uh, Sanded and finished the walnut that's going to go on the sides of the bag. So uh, the main part that I've got left that'll take a little bit of time is the handle. So I've got that to do and then just put it together. I tested, you know, the little tacks that I'm going to use as far as making sure it goes into the walnut cleanly. And so when I was testing it, I was holding it with a needle nose plier. And tap tap tap, and then move my pliers a little bit because I don't want to like start tapping it in, and then all of a sudden it goes janky, and then I right. got it all cattywampus and stuff. So, um, so I just need to get a little bit of time to to finish that. But otherwise, you know, we've got a wedding this weekend. Um, Lane, the youngest, is getting married, so we've got a lot of family coming in. And Saturday, the wedding is actually Sunday, and so Saturday evening we're having all of the family here. Um, you know, all of the out of town travelers and everything. So, a big get together here the night before the wedding.
1: Are you going to sneak in the back right before the uh, wedding ceremony and give the, all the groomsmen a bottle of whiskey? <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> that what will... my mo- my mother in law did. So, oh, okay. <laughs> everybody in the grooms party was completely red faced when we walked out from the back.
2: No, that, she was that... hoping
1: you just would <laughs> pass out and not show up. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I do not think uh, I'll be in encouraging any of that. I'm pretty sure they'll all be uh, a little excited, a lot nervous, and and all of that you know that normally comes with getting married. But, uh, but yeah, I mean everything from like the element in our hot water heater was going bad, so you know we swapped it out, and then we bought some new furniture for the back deck. Um, but it came in flat pack, which was fine, and so we you know got in this system of of taking it apart or getting it out of the boxes and putting it all together and stuff. But the funny thing is reading the instructor or uh, reading the reviews, there were so many hateful reviews because they're like, Oh my God, it took me eight hours to put yeah, this together. Are- and, and they're like, Oh, well, you know, the Allen wrench wasn't enough, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, Oh, you bunch of whiners. I mean, come on. It was, not complicated at all.
1: So I'm gonna put throughout a guess that Marvin is not the an instruction reader and you are an oh, instruction reader.
2: Exact opposite, actually, really? Yes. Okay. Marvin is very good about reading all the instructions of everything or anything. Um, which is also why he does a really good job in his career field, you know, in true, his occupation. True, true. Um, but yeah, he takes care of the instructions and I'm kind of like, um, you know, the dental assistant, <laughs> you know, so I've got, okay, you know, screwdriver, drill, uh, pliers, you know, I've got all of the parts. Here's the, these, pe- these pieces right. and those pieces and cause I'll have everything, you know, laid out and stuff. So we, we were getting a really good rhythm as far as, you know, putting the right, cause it's very specific. You needed to put. You know, of course, you need to put A and B together and uh before you attach C and D or whatever. So sure. he was reading the instructions. I was handed pieces and parts and and we got it together and and um, it looks it's really nice good
1: to split the roles. You always want yeah. one that's the assembler, one that's the like prepper yeah. or whatever you want to call it, like material right. prep. Especially like for jobs like that, but especially like this kitty play sets. It is oh, so yeah. key to have one person who's in charge of material supply. Like that's 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 the way.
2: Yeah. If it includes instructions, like written instructions that came into a box, then Marvin's taking the lead on it because yeah. I don't like to read the instructions. Um but I can't. if it's
1: I like get into like well, I, like really, I'm looking at the thing and I'm like this might as well be in French because i I cannot even read this like well these were really do
2: it. it was very uh, there wasn't a whole lot of blah 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 it was really a lot of pictures you know as far as this and this and that and then tonight so we also bought a TV to put on the back deck because our back deck is very deep it's like an entirely it's like a huge extra room for the house right? um, because it's a covered deck. And so this evening, similar situation, Uh, you know, there was instructions for in order to attach everything to the inside of the ceiling there and then attach the television and and get that all hooked up and stuff. So it's just really been a lot of uh, just those random, random things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of almost like somebody, it's like, a person needs that like every year or two to do those extra things that they might not have put away or unboxed or whatever, when you moved here two years ago, that kind of thing.
1: (laughs) What I do is wait until I'm selling the house and then do it all that right then.
2: (laughs) Well, yeah, that happens a lot too. Oh, and then I finished uh, staining and sanding the, the shelving unit that's up here Oh, cool. in the upstairs. So I've got all my photo albums and puzzles and games and everything in there. So it's, It's massive and it's almost full. So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Time for another one. Assembled in place.
2: Yeah. No kidding. Stained, (laughs) sealed, everything. All right. We're going to take a minute to thank folks over on Patreon. Uh, If you'd like to join them over there, patreon.com slash making our way podcast. On our top tier, we've got Marion Ward from Creative Ward Gallery, Scott Orm from Daddy Yourself and Ozark Spirit. It seems like a lot of times we've had guests and we like to give them unsolicited advice. And you guys are really good at that. I'm a, As much as I hate to compliment you two, that is something you guys are really good at. Um, so I was thinking we could I talk. Like the, the,
1: she's like, you're the best at unsolicited <laughs> advice. People don't yeah. even want to know. And you yeah. guys are willing to tell them. Right. <laughs> so first, just give up. You know, just stop what you're doing <laughs> and give up.
2: So I thought we would kind of go through a few scenarios of what would the advice be for this situation? So let's say we've got someone who's wanting to get into making as a career or as a, as a side hustle where they're making some money. Uh, basic tools is all they have, uh, but they've got some, you know, some experience making a variety of things. What do you guys think? Where do you guys start as far as advice for them?
0: All right, so let me take this one, Austin, since I'm the one who doesn't make for a living. Okay. Um, (laughs) But as a hobby, if you want to make some side income as a hustle hobby, here's the first thing I'm going to tell you. You're doing too much. You're doing too much. You need to find one product. You need to be known for one product because the reality is the first few of anything you make are bullshit and you should be embarrassed that you're trying to sell that. Um, You know, just because you made your first cutting board doesn't mean somebody deserves to buy that piece of shit. Um, You need to at least you need to give stuff away to everyone in your family and your wife tell you, don't you dare bring another cutting board in this house. At that point, you've made enough cutting boards that you possibly can start selling them. If you think I'm going to just start doing woodworking and I'm going to make cutting boards because, you know, that's the first thing. Um, you're you're not there yet. and the reason you're not having success is because you don't have a product that you come across as an expert that's encouraging people to give you money for it. So I would say start simple. Um, small gifts, think of think of things that it's easy to get the money for. right. A five thousand dollar table would be great. But if you're having the conversation of I want a side hustle, you're probably not at the five thousand dollar table area. What you are at are, hey, I make these bottle openers. They're great gifts for guys. If you've got a birthday coming up, an anniversary, a trip, something you want to give a gift to, to someone for, a six pack of beer in this bottle opener, make a great gift. Or you know something, anything that you can kind of pair together and you convince them like, hey, 20 bucks for this item I make and you pair it with this thing from the store and you've got a very thoughtful, personalized gift.
2: And so what would you tell somebody as far as like that Example as far as how and where to sell it, because like I had thought, if I were to ever do making as a full time or even the where I wanted to actually sell things, when I was making things for our wedding, I really enjoyed that. So I thought that that was you know something that a person might want to take into consideration. But then I was thinking, okay, my sales market is wedding planners or wedding venues or places where brides are going to be. So I need to have that connection because if I can't sell it, it's pointless. I need to be able to actually sell it. Don't I mean, what do you guys think about that as far as the sales side?
0: I mean, I always have more to say. Do you have something you want to say, Austin? No, go ahead. I, I'm going okay, to so come in the rear. I'll tell you. Yeah, you are. So the first thing is a lot of times we confuse what the product is. So let's say that it's um, you know, some kind of floral thing for a wedding, and we think that's what we're selling. That's not what we're selling. What we're selling is a reputation and a must-have item to make that experience better. So what you have to do is focus on building that reputation. So you go, well, I want to sell, and I'm going to go on Etsy. Well, what you've just done is you've become lost in a sea of very similar products that you probably can't compete with price-wise. If you have digital things and you can just throw them up there and and it's just fishing in a big ocean, that's probably fine. But if you're going to make something that takes time and needs to be shipped and all these other things that you're not prepared for as you start out, you're going to have a problem. What you need to do is start on your circle, advertise, advertise, advertise yourself on social media to where you are. I'm the my pillow guy and this is what I do. And I make pillows. I'm the bottle opener guy and I make bottle openers. And they're great because of this. And a thousand other people can make bottle openers, but I'm the bottle opener guy. And if you want to get a bottle opener, I have them in stock. I can make them quick. I can get you exactly what you need. But I also would say this. If you're just starting out, I would caution against over-personalization. If you have a laser, that's one thing. But I wouldn't get into specific woods and this style and these cuts. and these. This is my bottle opener. I'm the walnut bottle opener guy. I'm the maple walnut glue-up guy or girl. Uh, Whatever it is, just find something and... Keep pushing it so much that when people see your item, they're like, wow, of all the bottle openers I've seen, this one really stands up on its own. And when you have a product like that, the reputation builds. And then what you get into is you'll have an online community of people. I'm always amazed by the EDC guys, the guys that are buying Austin's pins, because they are hyper aggressive about releases and drops and when things come out. And so you go from the Walnut guy and you go, hey, I'm going to do a special limited run of Paduk bottle openers. I've got 15 of them. They're going to drop on Friday and it's a feeding frenzy. And then you can sell at your pace and and your rhythm. The other one is like you're saying, Christy, if you're going to do wedding stuff, you've got to get the tie-ins locally. And if you can't get an in-road locally, you're never going to get an in-road at a bigger scale. So you have to hyper-focus on what it is that you're making and how it makes the buyer's life or Uh, scenario or their mood, their environment, how it makes it better. Because it's not about a bottle opener. I've got 500 of them. It's about what about this product makes the experience, makes this unique, makes, you know, oh, this is a baseball bat bottle opener. This is a, you know, whatever makes it unique and special. And then that builds a story. Stories are always great. But look at the brands and the people that you flock to, because we're all different. And look at the brands and the people and the ones you follow and the the things you flock to. You think there's anything special about Mister Duresta's ice pick? I mean, if anything, I don't even know if they're the highest. You know, they're they're made by hand. It's not like this is a precision environment, but it's what it is. It's he's selling you. Here's a taste of what it's like to be Jimmy Duresta. Here's a tool I use, and that's what you're buying. That's what you're paying eighty bucks for, whatever they go for.
2: Well, and I think, too, as far as like the the ice pick, he has continually improved it, you know, with the sheath, with the little ring, with the magnet, with those kind of things. Are
0: they improvements or are they another Um, version for your for your hyper audience to grab?
2: Exactly. Yes. And I, I think there's some it's kind of dual purpose, really. You know, cause Absolutely. then, oh, well now I've got one that I can hang on a hook or now I've got one that I can magnetize or now I've got one with a level. So I think there's definitely uh, some benefit to that too.
1: All right, go yeah. ahead, Austin. I talked to them. Uh, I mean, I think you really, you covered it. I mean, the, I, I like to, when people are getting ready to start a business, there's certain things that I always tell them to start with. Number one, go to every social platform and secure the name. Number two, secure the website name. You know, those are those are things that people overthink or underthink, I guess. Um, And then they're like, oh, man, somebody's got my name on Facebook. Somebody's got my name on YouTube. I'm like, well, you didn't do enough research like you should have been solidifying everything across all the platforms. In that
0: vein, another one is secure a bank account. You know, Christy can talk more eloquently than I can, but I'll tell you the number one thing that my friends come and talk to me about and it bothers the fuck out of me is why don't you have an LLC? You could be claiming all that. Claiming what? I'm not claiming any income. So I can't save on taxes if I don't want the government to know I'm making money on these products. But once I have an LLC and I start claiming my income and then the government wants their portion, then I need to, to have all this. But if you are gonna sell things and establish a business, you need to have a separate checkbook or credit card or whatever so that at the end of the years, you can reduce your tax liability through you know, verifiable expenses that aren't a little muddied.
2: Well, and yes, you're correct. But the important thing to realize is that if you are really running a business, then you should be making money at the end. Now, there are going to be years where you're not, where you're going to have a loss. But if you take a loss, take a loss, take a loss, All of a sudden, the IRS is going to say that is not a business. That is a hobby. Therefore, you must report the income, but you cannot take the deduction for the expenses. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous, but if you really have a hobby, you can only report and you must report the income, especially if it's going to be, you know, you're going to get a 1099 from somebody. So if you are a business, the goal needs to be making money as far as the IRS is concerned. And I realized that, you know, we do things for fun and all that kind of stuff. But um, the goal of getting a tax deduction, that's not going to last very long before the IRS is like, nope, that's not a business. Um, But that is a good point about setting up a separate bank account. And keeping track of your expenses from day one, whether it is on a spreadsheet, honestly, from the beginning, that's probably the easiest way for somebody to keep track of stuff without putting the investment into getting a software program, unless they want to, you know, really jump in neck deep right out the gate. I mean, that'd be great too. Um, But keeping track of it in some manner that they yeah. will consistently keep track of because You're a business. If you're a business, then you're a business. You need to be doing these things as far as setting up your LLC and setting up a separate bank account and keeping all of that separate and running a business. The IRS says you're a business if you are doing it to make money and you're continually improving the process to make money. Now, like I said, you could lose money the first couple of years, but if you're very far down the years and you're losing, 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 you're running a risk.
1: Yeah, and I think some of the best advice that uh, Kirstie ever gave me was when you're, you know, keeping track of those things in your notebook, you keep it close to the fireplace. That way, when the IRS comes in, yeah. and you're running an illegal business, you toss that thing in the fireplace. Well,
0: she's the one that told me not to get an LLC <laughs> and don't claim any income. So, right, um, <laughs> right. she's those full are of good advice. Tips. I'll say the other thing too is if nice. you're gonna do this as a business or or you want to be taken professionally, uh, again, it's just as much about you as it is about the product. So you have to be willing to communicate with an audience, not take things personally. Um, you know, answer questions, reply back to people who are never going to buy from you. Because if, once you get a reputation as being a jerk or unresponsive or not a good business person, that's it. You're done. Um, so whether that's hey, you've got a, a partner or you know a spouse or somebody that hey, they're going to handle all your communications for you, or you're going to say every morning when I have my coffee and every night when I'm you know taking my last dump, I'm going to reply to all my messages. Um, you've got to set some time aside to to communicate with people because I've had so many times where I go to buy something and then I get spooked because I'm like, this person's not communicating. There's something wrong. This isn't right. I'm getting out of here before I get my money stolen. And that's the world we live in right now is the scam environment. Yeah,
2: That's a good point, though, about your spouse, because I see that a lot, too, with folks that they're like, oh, well, my wife will take care of it or my husband will, or my whoever. They're going to take care of all the bookkeeping or they're going to take care of the, all of that. Well. This might not be their adventure. This is your adventure. You're dumping off onto them. So I think it's very important to have an open line of communication with your significant other, if they're significant enough to be involved with this process, so that you guys are on the same page. Because fighting uphill with a, a your partner, that's not going to be no fun.
1: Yeah, you definitely want to get approval and make sure they're okay with you dumping on them. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like
0: <laughs> so to recap, I mean, you, you need to focus in on what who you're going to be, what your brand's going to be. You know, high caliber crap, high caliber craftsman is pins, and that's what they started as. They yeah. add new products later, but they started as pins. Um, any you go back, you can name any company. They all started with Nike had a shoe, Apple had a 2C. I mean, they all started with one product and then they built from there. The ones that try to get the complicated menu. I don't know if y'all have raisin canes where you're from. But the reason Raising Cane's made is because they have one thing, it's chicken fingers. And when you're only doing one thing, you can become a master at it. Uh, the, think how many times you go in a restaurant, the menu is seven pages long. And I'm like, I don't even know what to order, what to pick. Right. Yeah. Um, don't overwhelm yourself. Other people are going to do other things better. Uh, you've got to drill in and become a master of something. And then when you build a reputation, you can add in complimentary products. Uh, that would be my suggestion to someone who's looking to get some hobby income.
2: All right, now what well, if we wait? Took... One more thing, one okay. more thing. Yep.
0: And then you, we had talked about where to sell things. Again, think about your audience. If your audience is online, you need to sell things that are small enough that you can ship easy. If your right. audience is in your neighborhood, then you can sell cornhole boards or things like that. And I'm not saying you can't ship those things, but be, in, be mindful. If, you, if you're going to the market, you need to carry this shit to your table, but you also have someone who can carry it home so you can make bigger things. If you think you're going to ship from home, it needs to be stuff that can fit in a box and you should go check the the rates because I just bought uh, 20 yards of canvas and paid $140 in shipping. And it was a little taken aback. I don't know how many online metal orders I've built a cart and then I canceled because when I see the shipping. Um, yeah. So think about the weight of your product, the size of your product and what the shipping's going to do to your price.
1: Yep. True, true. And be prepared because shipping goes up fast. Shipping it right now is double the price of what it was when I started my business, which was, I don't know, eight years ago. My second business. Yeah. So,
2: All right. What about a second scenario where we've got somebody who's been a maker for uh, a number of years and they just have trying to figure out how to reach that next level, how to take it full time, maybe, or expand. What's our advice for that?
0: Just give up. (laughs) No, here. Okay. So here's where the advice gets harsh. If you're sitting there, woe is me. Why can't I grow? I mean, look at Austin. Austin for years toiled at 1,500 followers and just now has found success. The reality is, if you want to grow, you have to do the things every day that it takes for you to deserve the growth that you're looking for. It's never going to be handed to you. The competition is stiff. There's multiple other alternatives out there. And if you're not putting in the work, putting in the hours, making your your product better, making your advertising, your online presence better, going to meetups, being social in the community, if you're not doing all those things, nothing will change. If you're not changing, nothing will change. And you have to put in the work. And the only reason he grew, the only reason Chris Powell grew, these guys put in the work. They posted every day, they've uh, developed new products. Some of them are big hits, some of them go nowhere. But if you're not putting in the effort, you're not going to see the return and you have to treat it like a a business. If you aren't already full-time, I mean, I was thinking about, I was talking about you today, actually, Christy, that, you know, just because you left your corporate job doesn't mean you still have to wake up. Even if you don't have the client load, you still have to wake up and do all the little things. And you're the only one responsible for them. So your day is probably even longer. Um, And and that's the reality of it. Uh, If you're not doing all the work, I posted a reel last night. It took me, five minutes to film video and take 15 pictures and it took me 15 minutes to edit the video but so it took three times as long to build the reel to post and that's the kind of stuff you've got to do beyond looking at other sites finding new inspiration uh, building your your brand if you want to grow and do more you've got to do more go ahead austin and i'll talk some more
1: yeah i mean the, the main thing for me like be undeniable like you're pushing hard in every avenue, every single scenario you're pushing as ho- you're pushing harder than everybody else, which means that you're going to be successful because nobody else is willing to, to sacrifice that much. I mean, when I first started my board business, I worked around the clock. like it was unbelievable the amount of hours that I would work and the, and I, I reaped the benefits of it and I became, you know, basically one of the top tier and then walked away immediately <laughs> as soon as I got to the top because then there's nothing left to, you know. Left to do. Conquered. Yeah, fuck it. Go to the next thing. But I think that that is what so many people are like. I want to do my own business. No, you don't. No, you don't. Because if you did, you'd already be fucking doing it. Yeah, you'd already be going for it. Tell like, me about it. You don't need to listen to me or Dean or anybody, Christy say that here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. No, you should already be fucking doing it. If you, if you want to be in business, you should already be doing what you, you know, you should already be going through some of these steps. Now, these might be some good pointers to help you out, but if you ain't already doing it, you ain't going to do it. So fucking give up now. Sell (laughs) your shit, give up and sell all your tools.
0: Go ahead, Christy, because I'm ready to get rolling again.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to say when you're at this level, it, it shouldn't be just after the fact tallying up your expenses and your income. This is when you need to be legitimately keeping up, like hardcore keeping up and analyzing your financials as you're going with your business, comparing month to month, season to season, so that you know whether this area is being more financially productive because the goal should be growing your business and you can only see the numbers if you're tracking them properly.
1: Just one thing, Dean, real quick. And then it's all yours. Um, There should be no question in your mind. Like when you're ready to take the leap to go full time, there should be no question in your mind that it's the right thing to do. It should, you should be, my job is what's holding me back. And that shouldn't be like day three of you doing the side hustle. It should be where it's (laughs) like, you know, you, you're making a significant amount, even, you know, hopefully close to or more than your current income. You've pulled that, you know, boat up to the dock. You're not jumping in the water and having to swim the rest of the way to the dock. The, you should be close and it should be an obvious answer to everybody that's looking at it.
0: And so the way you get there, if you're, you know, you're got a, a process, you've got a product, you've got a reputation, you've got clients, you probably have a wait list. You probably have a backlog. And here's where you need to make the capital investment in tooling, because that bullshit, DeWalt tool that you think is the, if you bought your tools at Lowe's, you got the wrong tools to take it to the next level. Um, and if you bought them anywhere else, you know, lower than lows. you really have the wrong tools. And look, you can start out with basic tools. That's not a, that's not a thing. That's about the business is about the quality of your product and you as a brand and what you're giving to someone's life. But when you're ready to go to the next step, it's about scale and you need to make money off of employees and whether those employees are digital or real life, that's where the goal should be because you have to get your margins to a point where you can sell enough items that you're making money on the margins and the way you do that is you increase the amount of items you sell and so you need to have employees that you pay less than the profit you're making off the the items that they're they're selling so whether that's a big scale CNC that's reliable is going to work has customers customer support because it comes from a reputable brand can handle scaled size tooling and and put in you know massive work or it's a laser or a plasma cutter or whatever it is. Um, that, or you are bringing in, uh, you know, affordable labor to help you, whether that's just with packaging and shipping, fulfilling orders, or actually making your product. Maybe they're doing some of the entry-level steps, you're doing the finishing or or whatever that process may be. Maybe it's, you know, some high school kids that are coming in a few hours. I don't know if that's legal or not. Whatever the legal thing to do is, Um, they're coming in and they're working for a few hours cutting or shaping or sanding. Um, That's, that's where you're at. But, if you're at an area and you're like, how do I get, you have to scale and that that's an investment in yourself, whether that's additional physical labor or machine labor, um, but you've got to invest in tooling, you've got to invest in um, you know, growing your operation. The well, other so. thing, and Christy's an example of this, is uh, if you don't like doing part of the business, instead of letting it weigh you down, give that to someone else to do put that out to the outside. And if that might be video, that might be editing, that might be social posting, that might be bookkeeping. But if you're better off in your workshop, let someone else do the bookkeeping. That's a way that you can scale because now you're finding more hours in your day to to make products because you're not sitting there. Because what's happening is you're going to your computer and you're watching YouTube or probably porn for four hours uh, (laughs) instead of doing your bookkeeping. I mean, that's likely what's happening. Whereas you can just give that to someone else and now you've got Two and a half hours you can work and only waste an hour on form. Four hours or four minutes?
1: Well, you've got to find both the right seem, video. Both seem excessive. Look,
0: <laughs> if you only got one shot. You know, take some time to curate. You know what the, you know it's about the, the experience. What is this yeah. video adding to my life?
1: I think you need to work on your bookmarks. Get some good bookmarks. Shave some. No powers. man, that's a trail. The government oh don't know God. I'm making products,
0: and they don't need to know what my
1: internet <laughs> search history
0: is. <laughs> All right, what's the next one,
2: Christy? All right, so now we're going next, next level. We've got somebody that has got that reputation um, that has been around a long time, not Jimmy Duresta, but you know, 100,000 followers on YouTube, already making you know, some TikTok cash, maybe some Facebook cash too. What's your advice for that gal or guy?
0: So for that gal, from the advice from someone who sits in a cubicle every day uh, <laughs> and talks to a 28 year old about Pokemon. Uh, what you have to watch out for is the trend passing you by. You know, if you're the river table guy or you're the, um, you know, I don't know, fire guy, you know, Nick's a good example um, from Bill, dead bill. You know, he was the fire, the Shishugibon guy, all shashugibon, Shishugibon, ban, but he made the move into lasers because eventually your audience moves on. And some things are so, you've got to remember too, audience at an entry level. If you're a Ryobi tool review guy, there's a lot more people buying Ryobi tools than there are buying Festool. So you're going to have an audience there. If you outgrow your core audience and you go straight to Festool, you've abandoned who got you there. But you still need to be cautious of riding those trends and not missing you know, the the escape to the next trend or the move to the next trend. So if you're a river table guy, I mean I haven't I don't know that I've seen anything about river tables posted recently. That trend has kind of sailed. And so you need to be aware of that and not build yourself up. You've got to kind of so like um our friend um I say our friend and now I'm drawing a blank. Uh come on Austin, you talk shit to him on House. Brian House. Okay, sorry. So House had his two by 72 but he's moved to the Apollo Forge. You know, he's always looking for that next trend. And again, they might not all be home runs. So you've got to always be thinking about, look, I'm not going to leave my two by 72 folks. I'm not going to leave my Shishigiban folks. I'm not going to leave my RYOBI folks, but I need to make sure that I move, I grow with my channel and with my audience. Because the reality is some of those RYOBI tool folks that start watching your videos, they've moved on to Milwaukee. They've moved on to other brands. So you have to Maybe it's you have you know that new employee come in and they keep the RYOBI line going and you move on and you start talking about a, another product or another technique or another um, you know avenue of things. So always keep an eye out for the trends, what's coming up, what's hot, and make sure that you're riding those waves. Don't sell out and you know just f- ride behind and and you have no expertise or anything of value to add. So again, it, it's not always about the bottle opener you're making. It's about your style, your techniques, you as a person, you as a brand, and take those things, your style, your techniques, you as a brand, over to whatever that next avenue is. So now everyone's doing a, a epoxy pour art, but here's my style of epoxy pour art and my style of uh, you know interpretation and presenting that to my audience. And um, just if, if you're at that level and, and you've grown and you've got an established brand, Maybe don't just keep making pins. maybe find something else people want to buy.
1: You're talking about selling weed now. <laughs> 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 yeah. Get your own, you know, uh, Colombian, uh, contact No, Uh, yeah, that's, I think all those things are right. And I think that what you'll see a lot of those you're, so you're talking about somebody that does digital content and I think what a ton of them miss out on is products you know, things that sell direct um, because there's way more money. There's not way more money, but there's, I would say, easier money in direct products than there is in content. Content is rough. Like you might have a great month, you're going to have bad months. And I think that a lot of YouTubers right now are feeling... The effects you know or they change
0: the their contracts or how they pay out mm-hmm. or
1: you you have zero um control over your life yeah because... 10 months
0: ago y'all were all riding high on the horse on facebook money buying bottles of moette and now uh you know you can't afford dr pepper
1: right yeah <laughs> and uh yeah they, so they change the rules you know it's their platform they the, you have zero control and one thing you do have control over is your own website so if you're selling your own stuff you know, it you can maybe weather some bad storms or, or some, some, you know, it's it smooths out the peaks and valleys, uh, cause you got a little bit of diver- diversity, diversification.
2: But I think though, too, are and along with that, the, diver- the diversification is just because you're a YouTube guy doesn't mean you need to be looking out for TikTok or doesn't mean you also need to be looking out for Facebook. And the other thing, when you're getting the higher up that ladder of busyness goes, that's when you need to be outsourcing more things. Besides your bookkeeping and your tax work, you also could potentially be uh, outsourcing your editing or outsourcing your promotions or, or just looking out for those opportunities or having an agent or those kind of things because you're really running out of time as far as having time to do anything. Because I think the other thing, too, with all of these three different type scenarios that we've talked about, there's a balance. There's a balance unless you're like literally living in a cave and you have no interaction with family or friends or you don't want to interact with any of those people. Well, then that's a different situation. But we always have to be mindful of our significant other or partner or whatever and our kids and our other responsibilities that we don't want to lose those connections and those times, because we're just so ate up with grow, 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 grow.
0: You know, the other thing too, is as your brand grows, you don't have to be the head honcho. A lot of successful businesses, they let someone else manage the business because the owner knows that they're better at the product, the design, the engineering, the packaging, the customer relations that they don't want to do payroll and hr and uh you deal with social media and all this other stuff finding customers getting the best price on materials sourcing lumber they don't want to do all that they want to be at a saw so you can own the company or be the proprietor but maybe the thing you outsource is the management of it all you know you bring in someone that's your manager and that's okay too
1: Hmm. yeah that's interesting
2: the middle tier over at Patreon, we'd like to thank Tony Langer from Langer Works, Susan DePlantis from Hearth and Garden Art, Stephanie Tadio, and Kyle with Footwork Woodworking.
1: So if you guys, uh, say you guys both launched a super successful YouTube career and you're no longer working in in your job and you're not doing your, your, your business, um, what would be the first service that you would hire out? editing videos
2: Mm, yeah
0: i I would think that that's what you would enjoy i hate doing it that's why i don't have any youtube videos because it takes too long yeah yeah um and because what happens is my personality is i focus on you know i'm sitting there like okay no no uh, just a little further back okay wait let me raise the brightness change the contrast up no no let me and i i waste so much time on something that no one is noticing um, and that's the reason why I don't have any YouTube videos is cause I can't stand. And honestly, I don't know that my computer handles, I don't know how you guys do these videos. Cause my computer shits a bit brick every time I open up after effects. Probably should just get a Mac and do Mac. iMovie. Maybe so. Maybe that's the problem. I'd be a great poll. Who's doing iMovie on a Mac and who's doing after effects or, you know, Da Vinci resolve or something.
1: Well, I mean, post like when you get up in the bigger people, they're probably using Adobe, um, It was
0: it. I've got it.
1: Uh, I use After Effects on my phone.
0: So Premiere Pro, that's it.
2: Yeah. I think if I was outsourcing anything, it'd be a camera person first, because then you're at least saving the time of move the camera or get this angle or or let me bounce this off of you or whatever. So I think the, the camera person would be my first person, but then editing would be the other one because like Dean said there too, I'm gonna be like, oh, but my chin looks a little uh here, or <laughs> you know, my and and nobody else is paying attention to that. Sure. But since I'm watching myself, I'm gonna wanna tweak that um or kind of adjust that. And and I'm those tellin- are not my natural areas of you know, camera and editing.
0: I think the reason Paw Paw Ridge has had such good content. It's because you're sitting there like, no, the lighting's not right. Or say that again, or let me get you in frame or this shadow. I mean, how many times you just put a camera on a tripod and you don't realize your hand was in the way of the work until you watch the deal or you were completely off center. And then when you try to rescale the photo, it's cutting. I mean, that happens to me a lot. and I get frustrated. I'm like, these people, I like stories. The majority of what I post is stories. Mm -hmm. And it's because I don't have to do any editing. I don't have to worry about you know the the lighting and everything it, it's just hey here's a story if you watch it today great if you don't watch it i don't really care i don't have to i'm sitting here already i my last reel it's got 10 chairs or whatever 18 chairs and five saves i'm like who the fuck's saving this why are you saving my posts? are you stealing my ideas what's going on <laughs>
2: it was a good project
0: yeah fucking thieves it's gonna be on alibaba tomorrow <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah i think the so like the ideal scenario would be you have a videographer who is handling right. all production, you know, yeah. like they're doing the the, ed, the the shooting, the editing, you know, posting, even posting, but potentially, you know, that would be nice. Um Yeah, I think that would be the ticket. Yep. I would hire somebody that did all of that and answered my emails cuz I hate answering <laughs> emails. <laughs>
0: I'm so bad well, with names when I get direct messages. Like I want to reply to everyone or even like comments on videos. I'm like, shit, what's this person's real name? Cause I just know their Instagram handle, or Yeah. Yeah, oh, bud. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thanks <you>, pal. <laughs> yeah.
0: That's
2: going to be makers camp. Hey friend. Hey pal.
1: Thanks for joining us today. If you like this episode, please give us a review and subscribe. We'd love to hear from you. So reach out to us on Instagram at making our way podcasts or on Patreon. You can find all of our latest individual content on Instagram or YouTube. I'm at High Caliber Craftsman, Dean is at Dean underscore Duplantis, and Christy is at Twisted Twine Woodworking. Like it, stick it, see you later, bye.
2: First here on Patreon, we'd like to thank Jacob from Griffin Mix, Jacob from Other Dog Design, Keith Drennan from Blackthorn Concepts, Brenda McDonough from McDonough Design. Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. Eric from Overall Makerworks, Jeff Stein, a weird guy. Dave Bauer, Caitlin Landrenault, Morley Kurt. Greg from Platte Valley Woodworks. The Grant Alexander. Jen Griffin, the Black Sheep. Brian from Moonshine Leatherworks. The Makeshift Podcast. Maritime Knife Supply. Henry and HT1 Metalworks. Brad Harrison from Brad's Customs. Steve Delaney from One Old School Pirate. Kelsey Watson. Dan Gallagher from Goofballs by Dan, Chris Powell from Full Steam Design, Spaghetti and Waffles, Rebecca Johansson, Ira Housework, Justin from Bear Maked, Brendan McDonough from McDonough Designs, and Ed Johns from ButtChoints.com.